Where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Bonnie D. in the house. I never remember which way I say is the future, so I'm just going to go this way. It's out there somewhere. But you know what? The future was a couple seconds ago after I finished that last sentence, and now it's in the past. That's how fast the world is moving. I have a spectacularly interesting panel today and a topic that will interest not everybody out there, but a lot of you. Everybody, please turn off your cell phones and your uh, alerts and all that. I'm hearing a lot of stuff. Okay, here's my buzz. Let's open with this. I have a quote from somebody named Tony Restell, or Restel, R-E-S-T. E-L-L. He has a blog at social-hire.com. Listen up. If you ask an open room what they think about social selling, some people might say marketers have become drunk on their own buzzword. I want my panel. If you agree that you're drunk on your own buzzword, anybody want to wave on that one? Oh, no, I'm not sure. I think they're a little embarrassed. The science of social selling originated from academia in a 2009 paper And listen to the title. They say this didn't come from a marketer. The persuasive role of incidental similarity on attitudes and purchase intentions in a sales context. Would anybody, Steve Watt, you wouldn't have written that one. Researchers concluded that a purchase is more likely to take place between the buyer and the seller when they share things in common. Hello, that's what we're talking about. Soon after the science was published, it was published by the University of British Columbia. A man named Nigel Edelshane and other practitioners began putting the science into practice and thus became the approach called social selling. Now I have a couple more quotes for you. Mark Schaefer and Mark Schaefer Marketing Solutions says, to stand out today, you must be original. Add your own story to your content. There was only one you. Ashley, I'm talking to you. Darren, I'm talking to you. Dewan, I'm talking to you. Steve, I'm to only one you. Remember that. I have a quote from Kim Garst at KG Enterprises. She named her company after her first and last initials. She says, success on social media platforms, including LinkedIn, we're going to be talking about that today, relies on your ability to make true connections to build relationships. Ashley, are we on board with that one? I think so. And one more quote from Amy Jo Martin, who is the author of Renegades, Write the Rules. I've never been called a renegade, but Steve, I think that might be on my in my future here. She says, it's a dialogue, not a monologue. And some people don't understand that. Social media is more like a telephone than a television. Ooh, that's deep. Wave when I call your name. Steve Watt, you're here, you're back. I've missed you. I saw one of your posts on LinkedIn recently and I said, that's a hot topic for my show and there you are, okay? So you're here with people you have helped to engage for the show. Dewan Brown, pleasure to meet you. Wave hello to LinkedIn and Facebook. There you are, Dewan from Fringe. We'll find out what that is. Ashley Coggill, Ashley, welcome. There she is. She works at Seismic with Steve. I love the T-shirt. I want a T-shirt. Steve, I want a Seismic T-shirt. Please make it so I can wear it as a nightshirt. Okay, Kim said be a big one. No comment. Darren McKee is with us at Wealthy, spelled without the hello, Darren. Nice to meet you. And I'm going to ask them for their take on the future of business social selling. Crickets, 
or ka-ching, ka-ching. And that's what everybody wants in social selling, right? Ka-ching, ka-ching. Steve, I got the crickets from your blog post and I appreciated that very much. So thank you. I'm Bonnie D again. Our topic today is business social selling. Whether you are a business person who is selling using digital tools, using social networks, that's fine. Whether you're a person in a company that is receiving relationship pitches and sales pitches from people, you'd be interested in this. And if you're just somebody who isn't in business, doesn't have a company, doesn't have a product, isn't selling anything, isn't receiving pitches, you really might find this interesting because we're going to talk a lot about how do you do social selling as a human being, right, Steve? Not just as a seller. So welcome, everybody. Thrilled to be here. Everybody give Steve Watt a round of applause. Steve worked hard to get all of you wonderful people here. Steve, I like to give credit where it's due and it's due to you. Steve, my friend, I'm putting you up first. Here's the deal. Three minute rule, please. Steve, you've been on the show a lot. I'm guessing I did the math last night. Actually, I, I did it this morning at six o'clock. I got up early. I think there are 11.72 people in the world who don't remember you, Steve. That's it. Could you talk to those? The rest of you, it's all the whole audience, millions. But for Steve, it's 11. Steve, could you please update those 11.72 people? What have you been up to since you were on last? Why are you here? Why are you excited about this topic? Steve, go ahead. Well, thanks for having me back once again, Bonnie. It is my pleasure and and, and get to bring some of my absolute favorite people in the space. So it doesn't get any better than this. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm back because I, I continue to be both excited about the future of social selling and also disappointed with the present of social selling. I, I think it's been it's been dumbed down by people who are kind of taking a very superficial approach to it. And they think that social selling means just selling on social platforms and they're out there hunting, they're pitch slapping, it's spray and pray. And, and, and they're creating a lot of negative sentiment around social selling. And, and I don't think it should be that way, nor will it be that way in the future. I think we're in the very, very early days of much more human centric, client centric, buyer centric, social selling and and Ashley and Dewan and Darren are all absolute pros and exemplars of how to do that really well and really effectively. So that's why I'm super excited to ask them to join the conversation. And uh, you asked what I've been up to. Well, I've been yeah. uh, working hard with our team at Seismic, helping us become absolute best in class social sellers. We're not there yet, but we are absolutely on the journey. And I also work with the Seismic Live social customers around the world, helping them do exactly that. And that's large banks, wealth managers, consulting firms, tech firms, and more. So if I'm not working with our own people and I'm not working with our customers, then I'm doing something like this. It all, all roads lead back to much more human, authentic social selling. Thank you, Steve. One question. How long have you been doing this thing we're calling social selling? The paper I quoted was 2009. That's only uh, 13 years ago. How long have you been doing yeah, it? Not that long. You know, I've, I've been on LinkedIn like many of us since, yeah. you know, the dawn of time. Like, you know, LinkedIn is, tw is 19 years old now, which is crazy. I've been on LinkedIn since 2006, but I didn't get it. Nobody got it. I, I worked for LinkedIn uh, for three years back in the early days. I didn't get it. Uh, it wasn't until I'm I'm going to say 2014 or 2015 that I started to get it, that I started to see that it was much more than a job board and much more than an ad yes. channel and yes. a place to go out and really build reputation and relationships and trust at scale. So um, I've been, you know, full throttle for, for uh, I guess, uh, five or six or seven years in that regard. Uh, but it took me a while to figure it out for sure. 
Thank you. I wish you were more animated, Steve. Doesn't he seem really laid back today? I don't know what your Steve, always, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. A lot, a lot of nuggets of truth in there and nuggets that everybody, I believe, will relate to. As I said, we're not just talking about the business, the selling part. We're talking about social selling, social media, social networks. We're not going to get into any bad bashing or trashing or anything like that. But the reality of how do you use these sites for what you need to do. Let's move around the table. Dewan Brown, I just met you about 18 minutes ago. I'm <laughs> loving the hat. You are rocking that hat. And I see this big word fringe above you. So I need you to tell everybody. And I, I have to announce to all of you, Steve, you may not know that this show was recently named to Aplandio's top 10 business and tech shows for entrepreneurs in the world. Well Thank done, you. I've worked hard on that. And Aplandio is this lovely company in Warsaw, Poland, and they interviewed me for their podcast a couple of weeks ago, and they said really nice things about me. And the reason they picked this show after they sorted through all kinds of podcasts and radio shows, they said, I present technology and the future of technology in a way that relates to people's lives, not just, okay, we're looking at dashboards here. It's it's relatable, it's relevant, and it's human. And that's why you're all here to be the human side. So thank you. Dewan, I'm putting you on speaker hey. view. Talk to us. <laughs> Who are you? What do you do? What is Fringe? And why are you here? Yes. Uh, thank you so much um, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, definitely uh, amongst friends as well. I'm Dewan Brown, as has been said. Um, I uh, lead uh, growth. I serve alongside all of our growth and marketing and sales leaders here at Fringe. Um, Fringe is uh, the first lifestyle benefits platform. Um, you know, we believe that uh, by and large companies really want to serve their people well, their employees really well. Uh, and it's and it was easier to do that in, in specific contexts pre-pandemic, but also just thinking about the hybrid work uh, and sometimes remote uh, sales forces and workforces of, of organizations. And so uh, we believe in terms of continuity of service, companies want to provide that for their people across the same pillars that matter to most humans. And that's just, you know, is it re is it reducing stress for our people? Is it a benefit that gives them back time? Is it a benefit that's going to impact them personally and their family personally? Um, and, and is it a benefit that will just spark joy um, for their people? And so we want to make that easier for organizations to do. Um, and so that's how we serve the companies that we do. Um, Who is Dewan? Oh, Why are you here? What, is, what do you have to do with yeah. social selling? Why is this important to you? Yeah, this is this is very important to me for a lot of what Steve said as well. Um, you know, Steve is a good friend of mine, uh, Darren as well. Um, I know uh, Ashley's work. We, I think we all have a sense that, um, you know, the social mm -hmm. selling part, the selling part has sort of taken precedence in a lot of in a lot of uh, spaces and context. Uh, and for me, it's just like I really love building relationships and understanding how I might best serve people as a human. Uh, and the first the first step to that is to is to is to be a human and, and to be uh, intentional about that humanity in all spaces. And the social sphere is one of those spaces that I think needs to be impacted by that aspect of what social selling is designed for and is built for is the relationship building at scale and the providing value as much as possible. Uh, and I believe also we've gotten away from that. And so this is a really important topic for me. Thank you very much. Pleasure to meet you. Is that does that hat have a history? Can you tell me? This this hat does have a history. Uh, the there's a brand called Off Bucks that is now defunct. Um, I am considering bringing it back. Uh, it's a good friend of mine who we do fitness stuff together, and uh, the the term Off Bucks originated with him, um, and it just really means like really really focused on going all out, giving all that you have in a given moment 
being 100% bought into whatever it is you committed to. Uh, and we say, hey, you know, that's that's off bucks, right? Like, it's just a term that we use internally amongst our crew. And uh, and that's where this hat came from. That's one Thank of the one you. of the one of the pieces of brand. Yeah. And for our Voice America listeners on the business channel who can't see your hat, uh, Dewan is wearing a hat with a uh, a brim, uh, like a baseball hat, but it's got a, a longer brim and it's got beautiful turquoise teal colors. And I'm not sure what the design is, but it's very lively and very tropical looking. And I think I'm going to go get a pineapple drink after the show. <laughs> the hat. There you go. Thank you, Dewan. Pleasure to meet you, Ashley. Yeah, good to meet you as well. The other girl on the panel here with me. I, I shouldn't have said that, but I did. Ashley, welcome. So happy to meet you. You're a colleague of Steve's at Seismic. We'd love to get to know you. Who are you? What do you do there? And why are you here? Ashley, welcome. Thank you. Um, I have a really unique background. I, You said only other girl on the panel. I've been the only woman in the room many, many times. Um, I work at Seismic. It's a sales enablement platform. So basically it's leveling the playing field for people like me. It makes it easier for salespeople to do their jobs. So that resonates with me as a woman. And a lot of the things that I put out on social media is related to my journey as a mom, a woman, a seller, someone who's not necessarily the normal person who's in the room when we're talking tech sales specifically. Um, I also used to play roller derby. So I have a, a really unique story to tell as far as that goes. And it's kind of fun to share things that I've experienced on social media and build relationships, just like Dewan said. It makes my conversations with prospects or customers just all that much better. So it's pretty cool. Thank you very much. And I'm going to give you a little nugget here. Steve has heard this several times, but the rest of you haven't. I'm considered, Ashley, an early woman in tech. I was a programmer analyst back in the 1970s working on mainframe computers. I was coding COBOL, if anybody remembers what that is. I was key punching my code on 80-column Hollerith cards on a, a machine like a typewriter that was key punching, and I carried a box uh. of cards, up to 2,000 cards, and the machine at the time was a Xerox Sigma 6 CP5. This is before Honeywell bought Xerox and turned into Honeyox. We, it was, it was an amazing job, oh. but I was in my, I had a bachelor's degree and I needed to, to go to work. I had two kids. I was young divorcee, still in my twenties. And I found out there was this community college near me in Oregon that had a computer programming class and it was filled Ashley. And they said to me, come back in two weeks, half the people will drop out because they don't know what they're getting into. And in two weeks, there was a seat for me. I went through two years, got wow. two degrees, 4.0, and they hired me to run a statewide system right out of that, out of that two years. And it was fascinating. But Ashley, in those days, I didn't see any gender prejudice. And I'm just coining that phrase. We had a lot of girls in our class, women. We were, we were, I had a psychology degree, but I didn't have a job. We had people who dropped out of medical school, dropped out of architecture school, came from law school. They were looking for something exciting. And Ashley, we had this eureka moment when you did a program and it worked right away, or when you you created a new language you just jumped for joy it was it was brain candy it was exciting and I was a programmer for many many years but in those days you were the programmer 
and the analyst. And I was, Steve, I don't know if you know this, I was the kickoff speaker for the Women in Big Data organization last year on Women's International Women's Day, March 8th, 2021. And I gave them a presentation on what a mainframe, <laughs> Darren, I showed them what a mainframe looked like. I showed them what a COBOL handbook looked like. I showed them what my core dump on the green bar paper looked like. I showed them what my COBOL handbook looked like. It was, it was amazing. And they said, what is this stuff? What world do you come from? So Ashley, I agree with you. It changed. And being a woman in tech, we, we became kind of backseat uh, minorities over the years, but it wasn't always like that. It was at least half girls, women when I was coming up. So anyway, just wanted you to know that. So Ashley, we're in good company with each other. Thank you very much. And let's go to Darren McKee. Darren, you've been so patient with me. I'm getting to you now. Darren, wealthy is spelled behind you. If you just tip to the right, tip to your right. Wealthy with two L's and without the A. So it's not W-A-L-T-H-Y misspelled. Darren, introduce yourself. Why are you here? And what is wealthy? Talk to me. Yeah. Thank you all so much, um, Darren McKee. I'm in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. A um, little bit about uh, about wealthy, and and you know, Ashley, you hit on it a minute ago. Um, there, there's a women issue here too, as well. And wealthy is is really taking control of the caregiving crisis that we have in the world today. So we're coming in alongside of employers and helping them figure out how to take care of their families, whether that be their children, whether they be their neighbor that's a veteran or their mother that's aging or their grandparents that's aging. We're coming in and handling the logistical and administrative support of caregiving. Um, and it's been a beautiful process to watch. And the reason why I joined is I started looking around me and everybody was dealing with this situation and I wanted to be a part of the problem. Um, and, um, and I'm here and doing it and it's really awesome. And um, from a social selling standpoint, I think this is really, this is really interesting because I wouldn't know Dewan, Steve, or Ashley, if it wasn't for social selling, I can look back through the line and say, oh man, you know, Scott McGregor introduced me to Tabitha Cavanaugh, who introduced me to Dewan, who introduced me to Steve, who then introduced me to Ashley, right? And so that's, that's kind of how this process works. And I think you talk about COBOL and mainframe a minute ago, right? Like yes, that evolved, right? over the years. And I think selling has had to evolve, but it's, it's, it's evolved way slower than mainframe to COBOL to where we're at today and all of the different languages. And I think we're starting to get to the point now where we're having to, to really maneuver and shake and kind of try new things and fail and be safe failing. And, um, you know, I talk about video a ton. And so I'm excited. This is extremely passionate for me. Um, and, uh, yeah, glad to be here. Thank you very much, Darren. Pleasure to have you all. Steve, good job. The, there's so much diversity in this panel, not not just in in their who they are, what they are, what they say, but their what they represent. Darren, I love that you said you wouldn't have met Steve if it wasn't for, and you gave that that link chain, that chain of chain of command of who came and who introduced and what. I have found guests for this radio show just by people who messaged me on LinkedIn and said, hey, they're pitching me something, but they don't know anything about my show. And we've turned it into a roundtable panel. And I met some really interesting people because there's a shameless amount. I will warn all of you, there's a shameless amount of, of shall we say, non-informed pitching to people like me who host radio shows. I get pitches from mostly PR firms every day of the week who have no idea what I do, no idea what the show is about. All they see is the word technology. They see radio and they say, I've got clients for you, interview my company. And they do it very often on LinkedIn. So I get these messages from people say, I want to be on your show. I've got somebody for you. They don't do. And this is part of, isn't this part of Steve and everybody? This is part of knowing 
knowing who's out there. They're, yeah. they're going to get not crickets from me, but they're going to get a, do you even know what I do? Steve, comment yeah, on they're, that? Yeah, they're, they're, they're all coming to you with an ask. And, yes. and the reason I'm excited yes. to bring Darren and Dewan and Ashley here is that they're not out there asking, they're out there giving. They're out there learning out loud, sharing, supporting others, celebrating others, um, you know, really, you know, showing up on social with a real honest intent to, to be valuable and helpful and, and engage with others and, and do something good. And, and then as a result, yeah. it pays off for them and it helps them sell you know, but, but they don't start there. They don't start with an ask. They start with a give. And it sounds to me like all the people who are filling up your DMS are the same as the people who fill up my DMS and everybody else's DMS. Always an ask, always an ask. And just like you, it's, it's a, it's an easy. Delay. Yeah. And I, I have a pro forma response and I say, I have 55 radio series, eight are currently in production. Are you pitching one of my series? Because they'll say, oh, you want to meet Bob Smith, the owner of this or the, the CEO of that or the founder of this. And he's very successful and he can cover these five talking points. I say, well, wh why are you telling me this? Wh wh why are you contacting me? What does it mean? Wh why is this communication coming? And then I'll say, in case you know I'm a radio producer, is this for one of my current shows? Okay. And then I'll say, do you know that I don't do one-on-one -on -one interviews? I don't do product promotions. I don't do selling. I don't do marketing. This is thought leadership. Yeah. It's a panel yeah. discussion. You talk in three minute sound bites. You're not coming on my show to sell your people who hired you to do their PR. And sometimes I get a note back. Thank you very much. I won't ever bother you again. <laughs> and sometimes I get a note back and says, yeah, I think, I think we can work on a topic together. They're not always very good at that, Steve, but I do give them a chance. I'm still a nice person. Let's go to the part of the show where I've asked my guest. Dewan knows I'm a nice person. He's still smiling. Of course. I can of see. Because I said I love your hat. What's not to like? Okay. So let's go to the part of the show where we have our quotes. I've asked all of you to send me a quote from a fictional character in a movie or a TV show or a song lyric that has absolutely nothing to do with social selling. I don't think there are too many songs that do actually right now. And we're going to have you take, since we're moving fast, here and I want to get to your predictions. Let's take two minutes to unpack your quote. Steve, I'm starting with you. The quote is from Ahead by a Century. Okay. It's a song by Canadian rock band, The Tragically Hip. Steve, in my age group, people have tragic hips. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm only in mid to 55 plus. Yeah, people are having, uh, yeah, shoulder replacements, hip replacements. Oh my God. Anyway, uh, Head by a Century released as the lead single from their fifth studio album, Trouble at the Hen House. That, that has all kinds of connotations too. It reached number one in Canada single charts and is the band's most successful single in their native Canada. I'm going to leave it there. Um, it was also used for the opening titles of the Netflix series, Anne with an E. I learned about that. And the lead singer, Gordon Downey, passed away in October 2017, and this was the most played song on Canadian radio. And here's the quote. With illusions of someday casting a golden light, no dress rehearsal, this is our life. Ooh, Steve, I got goosebumps on that one. Talk to me. What does that have to do yeah. with our social selling we're talking about today? Go ahead. You know, it's, it's more about life than anything. Um, you know, Gord Downey was an incredible musician, songwriter, poet, uh, political activist and, and all around incredible human being and, and an absolute hero to a generation or perhaps more than one generation of Canadians never really crossed the border all that effectively, which seems to happen to Canadian bands. Um, absolute tragedy when, when he passed far too young, uh, brain cancer. And mm -hmm. it was just, it was, it was tragic, but 
what that lyric says to me and i kind of get those shivers every time i mean is like you know there is no dress rehearsal mm-hmm. like we get one go at this thing like you know we we better live our lives we better be true to ourselves we better you know we better get it right because there's there's no second chance here um so um everything that gourd and 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 that music his music means to me and that lyric just encapsulates the like you don't know when your time might come to an end and it might be too soon so you better make the most of it so how does that relate to our topic of social selling is it be authentic be real and be the best you can be because today could be last i don't know what do you think sure i'll go with that um or, or the title is ahead by a century maybe you, maybe you all of us do here, the work I, here. I, I hope we're only ahead by a few years in, you made uh, me do the work okay yeah. Steve. well we're ahead by a few years in scoping out what what social selling is going to become i hope it doesn't take a century yeah thank thank oh yeah. that was pretty good dewan brown i'm looking at your quote this is from elevators me and you and parens by the american hip-hop duo outcast a u t o u t k a s d 1996 lead single from their second studio album at leans instead of aliens at leans peaked at number two on the billboard hot 100 their highest until they did a song called mrs jackson miss jackson in 2000 it made number one on the hot rap tracks chart and interestingly enough, in the season two episode of, let's see, the, uh, it was edited and used in the season one finale of the FX TV series Atlanta. In season two episode Barbershop, the intersection of Headland and DeLow Avenues in East Point, Georgia is shown, and it's mentioned in the second line of the song, and it's also been featured in Grand Theft Auto V, that's five if you don't know Latin numerals, video game. Here's the line. True, I got more fans than the average man, but not enough loot to last me to the end of the week. I live by the beat like you live, check to check. If you don't move your feet, then I don't eat, so we like neck to neck. How'd I do on that, Dewan? Was that okay? You crushed it. You did. Your, I mean, first of all, the history that you did on Outcast was was phenomenal. So thank you for for that My background pleasure. and context. Yeah, Outcast is uh, one of the best groups uh, ever. Um, yes. So you did a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead. How does it relate yeah. to our topic? Yeah, I think it relates because you know, essentially, like the 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 one who's speaking on that line specifically is Andre. His, he goes by Andre Three Thousand, Andre Three Stacks, Three Stacks. Um, and he's a huge celebrity, right? And he's a, an icon in the hip hop world. Uh, and what he's saying there is just like, and yes, that is true. And um, we are, we need each other, right? Like our lives are collaborative. We're, you know, we need community. We're not, no one is who they are uh, in a vacuum or on an island. And so though Andre, yes, I have more fans than the average man, um, but I live, I live beat to beat, right? Like, so what, what feeds me is the music and the music doesn't feed me if you don't listen to it, right? If you don't consume it. And so the way that I survive is, you know, in, you know, very, very synergistic with you and the way that, the way that you see yourself needs to be a little bit more um, on an equal plane. And, and what, I, what I mean by that is that we're, we're all the same. And so we see people who we want to build relationship with in the social sphere and mm-hmm. we should recognize that there are aspects of our lives that can be helpful to them. There are aspects of their lives that can be helpful to us. And we won't know that unless we're being authentically who we are. Um, and, and so one of, one of the big things that I'm, that, I'm, that I'm huge on is like learn, teach, learn, right? Um, it's a lifestyle. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mantra. Uh, and I think the, the lyrics from Andre on that specific song um, encapsulates it in a really, really, um, you know, sharp way. 
um, to, to let everyone know, like, yes, I'm a celebrity. You're not. So what? Doesn't matter. So We're what? all human and we need each other. Yeah. Well, very well done, Dewan. I have to tell you, once you're on my show, you're instantly a celebrity, right, Steve Watt? This is <laughs> we're, we're star makers here. Absolutely. Dewan, you may not be aware, but what you just said relating that quote goes directly to the person, the real actor who said the quote in the one Ashley has selected. And Ashley may not even be aware because Andre, you, uh, Dewan, you've been talking about Andre. I'll tell you why. Ashley picked a quote from Fezzik a giant from Greenland, played by the late actor and strongman bodybuilder Andre Rene Rusimov. Okay? Rusimov, I've got it. The movie is The Princess Bride, 1987 American romantic fantasy comedy film. And Andre Rene Rusimov lived from 1946 to 93. He was called Andre the Giant, professional French wrestler, Steve knows, and actor. He became the inductee into the new WWF Hall of Fame. He's a charter member of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame. And Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame is one of the most recognizable figures in the world as a professional wrestler and a pop culture icon. Con. Ashley, did you know all of this about Andre the Giant? Probably not all of that. Okay. Well, I'm getting to the quote. And the movie, of course, the movie quote is about farmland, farmhand Wesley with the companions he met along the way. He's rescued his love, Princess Buttercup, from the odious Prince Humperdinck. I hope I'm doing this right. The story is told as a book read by grandfather, Peter Falk, of course, to his sick grandson, Fred Savage, and they all grew up and went somewhere else. So here we go. The line is absolutely fabulous, Ashley. I can't wait to hear what you do with this. You ready? Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> Ashley, I read this. I said, what? So how can you relate this to our topic, please? Oh, I, I do have to say, after I realized I had to relate this to social selling, I was cracking up. Like I couldn't stop laughing at myself because it's hilarious, right? Like that's the most ridiculous line. The Princess Bride is very important to me. It was my favorite movie as a child. My parents were both fencers, so they were really obsessed with this movie. So I was watching it like very early. Um, I named my son Wesley with a T, like after the main character. It, it is very important to me. So anybody want a peanut has a lot of like meaning to me personally, because my my brothers and sisters and I used to like joke around and and, and say this quote. But I think the best way to tie this to social selling is to just not take ourselves so seriously and be vulnerable and put it out there. And like, they're, they're talking to this person who's basically saying like, stop rhyming. I mean it. Like he could literally just kill them. He's brutal and ruthless. And they just like, can't pass up this opportunity to make another rhyme, even though it's ridiculous. Right. So don't like, it's really hard to start social selling. It's really hard to start putting yourself out there, especially the vulnerable things. But those are the things that are going to resonate the most with the people that you want to talk to. Those are the ways you're actually going to build a personal brand or whatever you're trying to build. Those are the things that prospects are going to bring up to me on a call and say, I saw that this happened to you. Like, that's such a good story, whatever that looks like. Um, so like anybody want a peanut? So silly. Just just do it. Right. Thank you. you. And I, I have like a comment it. for you. I like that, too. I have a comment for you. Inconceivable. 
That's the that's the other famous line, the famous line from The Princess Bride, right? Wallace Shawn, inconceivable. I don't think you know what that word means, inconceivable. Thank you, Ashley. That was delightful, actually. You've got quite an interesting sporting background in your family. Let's move on. Darren McKee has a quote from Alberto Scorfano, main character in the 2021, very recent Disney Pixar animated feature film, Luca, L-U-C-A. Alberto is a preteen sea monster. Ooh from the Isola de la Mer, who collects human stuff and helps Luca run away to Porto Rosso so they can eventually get a Vespa via the Porto Rosso Cup. I'm just going to stop there because I have no idea what I just said. But here's the quote. Walking is just like swimming, but without fins or a tail. Also, there's no water. Oh, my. I can't wait to hear this one, Darren. What does this have to do with our time? I bet it's deep. Go ahead. No pun intended with <laughs> no, water. It's going to be it's... deep with the water. I love that. I um. So today's today's Wednesday, and I dropped my five year old off for school for the first day today. So first day of kindergarten. So Ooh. I wanted to relate that a little Yay. bit to to this quote, and um, also if I social sell, right? Everybody knows who I am, not just what I do, and so people know I have you know, my two little ones around me. And so when I thought about that quote, and I thought about social selling, you know, it, so social selling, it's it's just like it's just like selling, but it's not email right? But it's not phone calls. It's just like that, but it's not any of those things. And so when I tried to think about this, I wanted to try to say like, all right, we're going into these new areas, these new waters, we're going from water to land to try to figure this out. And, um, you know, we talked about outcast a minute ago, just like Andre and big boy, right? Like they had to work off of each other and figure this out. And so you can't do this social selling thing alone. Um, and I will tell people that over and over again, the people that try to do it alone, they fail. And the people that do it in groups like this, they continue to succeed. And we go collect a bunch of different things, just like Alberto and them did to try to make something very, very beautiful and social selling. And that's what we've all done, right? Like we all email each other and message each other all the time and say, Hey, I'm trying video. Hey, I'm trying audio. Hey, I'm dropping off books. Hey, I'm getting an intro. All of these kind of things we're trying to figure out. And I'm like, this is the data. This is working this week, next week, it's something else. And we're always trying to figure it out. So that's why I did that. And I just, I, I love that movie. Um, I think Pixar has helped us, uh, really be able to enjoy movies while our kids enjoy them as well. Um, versus um, like my parents watching the Jetsons and Smurfs when I was a kid, not paying attention. <laughs> and the Jetsons have come back to haunt us yeah, because we, we may have flying cars and there are flying taxis and we've got autonomous vehicles and I'm waiting for, for, was it Fred? It was Fred Flintstone who would, uh, George Jetson. I'm wait, yeah. waiting, waiting for George Jetson to just appear outside. I don't know. Anyway, one of these days. Thank you all for the quotes. Very interesting. I'm glad you had fun with it or very meaningful fun. And I appreciate the work you all did. Let's go to our, oh, let's go to our uh, predictions round, which we waited for. But I think we've been doing a lot of predicting anyway. Steve Watt, I'm starting. I put it in the chat for you. There's one in the chat for you, one for Dewan, and I will put one in for Ashley and, and Darren in a second here. So Steve Watt, let's start off with this. And here's how we're going to do this, because we don't have time for a big back and forth agreement or disagree like we do on my business shows. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read the prediction, Steve, right now, and then I'm going to ask you to unpack it. If anybody, take, take two minutes, unpack it, Steve. If anybody has a comment on what Steve has to say on this prediction, good or bad, nothing too long, I want you to raise one of your four 
polite fingers at me on the Zoom and I will see you, <laughs> just not the bad one. And I will see you wiggling your finger and I will call on you and then I will go to Dewan's prediction and we'll do the same around the table. Enough, enough setup. And now we just froze, of course. Steve, I'm going to read this prediction. We'll unfreeze. Here we go. It's back. See, it's working. Just like edge computing has pushed processing power far out into the field. I hope everybody knows what edge computing is. I do. We're in a world where brand lives at the edge of the organization. It lives in your people. It lives in their reputations, their relationships, the trust they build. Successful companies will figure this out. So let's get into a business aspect here. Steve, two minutes. Unpack, please. Go. Right. So anyone who's not familiar briefly with, with edge computing, and I'm no expert in it, but I mean, basically, it used to be processing power lived at headquarters, right? It was, you know, it was mainframes and, and everything in, at headquarters. And, and out in the field, it was just blunt instruments, dumb instruments. And that has completely changed in recent years. You see it in energy production. You see it in logistics. You see it in manufacturing. Um, processing power is now at the edge of the organization in like in thousands of places instead of in just one place. And as a result, these organizations are incredibly more powerful, more efficient, and more effective. And I strongly believe that that's the world that we are starting to see where it comes to marketing, where it comes to brand, where it comes to selling, that the old world was very much a centralized brand. Brand came from the marketing department. It lived in the advertising. It lived in, in this big uh, polished brand voice. And at the edge of the firm, people were told to kind of keep their heads down and their mouths shut. And that is completely changing that the the smart firms, the firms that are really leading in this area are really empowering and enabling their people, all of their people, and especially their 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 client facing people, sellers and, and marketers and customer success and so forth uh, to really show up and speak up. And the brand power in the new world will be the sum total of the brand power of your hundreds or your thousands or your tens of thousands of people and those firms that get it and, and are working towards that empowerment and that enablement are going to build an incredible advantage over those who are still locked in an old mindset of centralized control thank you interesting any comments not okay i'm going to move on it's going to be quick to one brand i'm looking at prediction number three you say there will be more robust use of social even as a way to comment on posts, I think the future, this is where the kicker comes. The idea of Clubhouse melded with LinkedIn will either come via LinkedIn or a different platform. While the conversation taking place on LinkedIn is strong and viable, the ease of recording comments will be leveraged somewhere. Dewan, this is an interesting prediction. Go ahead, tell us, take two minutes. Sure. Um, yeah, so there'll be a more ro robust use of voice um, in social, right? Like, I mean, we, uh, and one of the things I talked about is like community, we're made for each other, we we need one another, we collaborate in a lot of ways, and uh, there are already peaks of this, right? You can leave voice notes in LinkedIn messaging. Um, in Slack now, you can leave voice notes and things like that, and it makes for uh, it makes for uh, the the ambiguity of context, the ambiguity of intent, the ambiguity of uh, you know uh, intonation in conversation um, gets wiped away pretty immediately when you hear someone's voice. Uh, and I think the desire for people to have real like engagement with people, uh, understanding like how they're saying what they're saying, not just what they're saying, 
um, and just a desire to not have to read people's quotes and comments and thoughts in your own voice, right? Like this desire to come closer and closer in relationship um, with the people that either we serve or we're just generally in relationship with, um, I think is driving us to a place where the first, the ease of this type of communication is, is made possible and it's clearly possible today. Uh, but then also like what it does to bring people together generally uh, by hearing people speak and hearing people voice. That's why so many conversations go from online to offline. Let's hop on a call. Let's hop on a Zoom. The reason is because we want to relate to one another um, at the emotional level and at the human level. Um, and, and there's not a lot more human than the, the voice that you've been given. Thank uh, you very much. Anybody have comments? I have a quick one. Anybody else? Okay, my comment is, as Steve may know, I don't know how far back you go as a guest on my show, Steve, but I did radio for over 25 years. Oh, I'm dating myself again. On phone, by the, it was all phoners. I didn't see anybody. I had no idea. I, I got their PR pictures, but I didn't see anybody. Somebody's got music or a truck in the background. Do you hear it? Oh, oh, it's gone. Okay, good. Now, here's the deal. About three years ago, right around the time of the start of the pandemic, I went to Voice America and I said, can I start doing my shows on Zoom? Can your engineers dial into Zoom, even though we're going to be broadcasting live on Voice America Business? And they said, sure. So we started on Zoom. All of a sudden, Dewan and everybody, I could see my guests. I can watch Steve what emoting and moving i can see the energy in his body i can see his eyes sparkling when he talks i can see the same in all my some people talk with their hands i didn't know that i talk with my hands a lot i see it when i watch the video i can see dewan's fabulous hat i can see ashley with her wonderful t-shirt and her beautiful hair i can see that fabulous wealthy logo behind darren mckee and i love your your icon there your yeah your logo um my point is that people say oh i'm zoom fatigue and i'm tired of it to me it has opened up the world of not just audio dewan but visual i can watch my guests think i can empathize with what they're saying so i love adding the visual as well and i know that video has gotten immensely popular right steve for sure. for selling video in the past few years is just enormous because we do. Dewan, you're right. People want to connect. We want to know who, who is that other person, not just typing with no emoticons. Stop that. Give me enough. Ashley, I'm ready to go to your first prediction. Here we go. I believe Ashley says, I'm quoting Ashley, your personal brand is going to become a line item on your resume. It will be just as valuable to the right employer, Darren likes that, as your years of experience in a specific field. Ashley, you got to unpack this. I don't know what it means, but it sounds very exciting. Oh go ahead. Yeah, I think, well, first off, I think resumes should probably just go die if you have a personal brand because it's silly. I don't, I don't like Darren McKee, you probably don't ever have to fill out an actual application ever again the rest of your life, right? Like you have so many people supporting you and we know who you are. Uh, so side note, resumes should probably die. But we do have like your, um, I can't remember the name, green, whatever we use for our internal references when we go in and we fill out like this is who this person is and I'm recommending them for this job I truly believe like the value of your connections and your brand is going to become something that's not just like hey people know who I am but it's I have 30k followers on LinkedIn and this is you know a line item on my actual resume or it's something that they ask you hey what's your what's your follower count on LinkedIn because Truly, if you're doing social selling the right way and you're connecting with the right people within your ICP, that's a Rolodex that you can use. And that's a really old, outdated term, but like that is very valuable. 
And it's almost a callback to old school sales where like you had an actual Rolodex and like you were valuable because you came with 30 actual people and we've gone away from that. But I think somehow in a weird roundabout way, we're going to full circle into that. And it's going to be very valuable for, for a company to hire people who do have that experience with social selling and that built up following. Thank you, Ashley. I love the way you dropped in the word Rolodex. It still means something. People still get it, right? That circle thing with the index cards, it goes around, 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 around. Steve, talk. I, I just want to, I, I agree with Ashley, but I just want to add one piece to that, which is follower count alone is not enough. I mean, there are people out there who are buying followers. There are people who are kind of spamming their way to follower count. Um, you know, you look at someone like Darren has the most followers of all of us, and you know it's 100% legit because when he posts stuff, conversations burst out immediately and there'll be literally hundreds of comments and and back and forth on multiple of darren's posts and and to to a lesser but still meaningful extent that's true for the rest of us as well so um yeah all in on ashley's point but we need to think more holistically about brand than just follower count or else you know someone's going to be out there kind of cheating it Thank you. And and I'm going to add to that, that just saying you have followers isn't enough if you're not going to do something with those connections when you go to the job. I have had a lot of authors. I have a Monday night radio show called Read My Lips, Cool Conversations with Creatives. And I interview authors. I meet them at a, a big organization three times a year. It's a five hour Zoom call and I get to meet 50 to 60 people who are looking for PR for promos for their books, whatever they've got. And they come and say, I've got 4 million followers here and five minutes there. Are they promoting my show? Not often. And the media who are on those panels, I heard somebody say, we have a media meeting before we meet these people who paid to meet us. And the media, a couple months ago on this, I'll tell you all off air who, who, what the organization is, media is saying, but when you come and say, I want you to talk about my book, Bonnie or whoever the, the host is, you, you, it's a hand in hand, right, Dewan? It's, it's, and Steve and, and Darren, it's, it's, I will give you the venue. I will give you the platform to speak out. I will speak to you intelligently about your book, your company, whatever it is. But you've got to help promote this platform, what I'm giving you as a gift, to <laughs> your followers. And I've come up with a, a theory that there is something uh, called saturation, where if people hear that, I'm sorry, Steve, I'm going to use the example. Don't get mad. Steve Watt is on. 10 podcasts this week. How many of those are people really going to have the time and the energy to listen to? Because you're always going to be Steve White. You're always going to be fabulous. And they're always going to hear you. But they're not going to take 10 hours out of their schedule to listen to you 10 times. So the question is, which of those venues do your followers want to follow you on? And I call that, I don't know if anybody else feels this way, but there's a saturation with followers with follow me, listen to me, see me, hear me, read me, buy me. I'm just going to leave that on the table there. Anybody comment on that? Anybody Ashley, go ahead. Can I comment on what Steve said? And I think <laughs> it ties what to Dewan said, because there are people out there that are ghostwriting LinkedIn content now. And I think when audio and actual conversations and like, if I can't fake who I am, if I'm talking face to face yeah. with you on Zoom. And I think that that goes back to what Steve said about like, it's not just about follower count. It's about what kind of impact you're actually making and, and who you are. So just wanted to like make that connection because I feel like more ways to show who you are, whether it's audio or video or something like that mm -hmm. is what's going to make it so much more impactful than 30,000 followers. 
Real deal. It's the real deal. Darren McKee, I'm looking at prediction number two. You say, our world is getting larger, but our communities are getting smaller and more focused. He says, I'm seeing this every day in the sales community. We went from meeting at coffee shops, oh yes, to networking and diners in New York, to networking with individuals all around the world at the drop of a hat. Talk to me about those smaller communities. Darren, prediction. Yeah, this is... um... This is just something that's impacted me, right? Like literally would would go to the coffee shop, would go to the networking places here in Raleigh, Durham. And, and I thought that was everything. I thought that was it. Um, and what LinkedIn has done, what those comments, that engaging that, you know, everybody was talking about just a minute ago is, is that on a massive scale. I can hop on the phone and talk to Patrick in Germany today. I can hop on the phone and talk to somebody in Australia or India or Canada at, at literally a moment's notice. And I think so when I think about our community, right? Like this community is massive massive but we're all we're all like we're striving to make each other better and when we talk about social selling it's not just me social selling wealthy it's dewan knowing what i do and who i am and ashley and steve knowing who i am and i know what they do so i can text dewan and say hey man this company looks like they might have something opening up for this i just got a text two minutes ago that said hey man i just saw this rfp that made me think of you right that is social selling at a global level and i think what we're starting to see is people just all coming together because we want each other to be successful and i don't think there's any more competition anymore I think it's just camaraderie um, and we want to, we want to help each other succeed. And we want, I, there's, there's 10 other caregiving companies out there. I want them to continue to impact families as well. Sure. I want to beat them, but at the end of the day, I want people to move this mission. And I think that's what we're continuing to do um, by, by social selling and knowing what each one of us do and, and who we are as a, as an individual. Cause when I send the lead to Dewan or to fringe, I'm not just sending it to one or the other. I'm sending it to both because I know everything about that organization. Thank you. Leads done intelligently. I appreciate that. We have seven minutes left. I need one minute to close. I'm going to try and sneak in two more very quick predictions here. Steve, I've got one picked out from you and one from Dewan, and we will have just a couple seconds for comments. Steve says, companies that will learn that to succeed, the most important way to attract top talent, and this is the war for talent, Steve, in a competitive market is not to post, we're hiring. Know anybody who might be interested? Steve, what's the problem with that? Steve, what? I always cringe a little bit when I see those posts. <laughs> you know, it. To me, it exemplifies an old world mindset of the company holds all the cards. Uh, We have a seat to fill. So you all need to get in line and we're going to evaluate you and determine if you're worthy for us to even consider speaking to you. We're going to put you through our funnel and we're making the decisions here. And if you want to kind of hire at the bottom of the barrel, keep doing that. If you want to actually attract top performers, they're not playing that game anymore. They're not playing that, that, you know, go through your funnel, you know, top performers, they don't need a job. They've got a job and they've got six other places they could go on a moment's notice if they wanted to. So what are you going to do to flip that script and become a magnet for top talent? Well, one thing you better do is get from your executives right on down through your, your mid-level management and everybody else doing all the stuff we're talking about today, right? Showing up like really authentic mission-driven human beings, the kind of people I think, wow, I want to work for her. I want to work with him. I want to be part of that firm. And that's how you jump miles ahead of everyone who's just playing the, we have a seat to fill, get in line game from like 10 years ago. Thank you very much. Anybody comments? 
Everybody good? Dewan, I'm going to one of your predictions, number four, where we still have a couple minutes. He says, LinkedIn will finally enable cataloging, saving, save posts by topic, by date, and by author for ease of access. Further, they will add saves in the engagement algorithm. Can you uh, really unpack that, Dewan, so we know what this is? Go ahead. Yeah, I, I just think it, it, I feel like it has to happen. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. I just feel like it has to happen because what we're talking about here is like we, we, we're supporting people. We want to see people win, but also we're learning a lot from one another um, in this space, especially on LinkedIn for me. And when I think about how I want to, when I save someone's post to read later, like I, I actually want them to know that, right? Because that's, to me, that's a key measure of the value that they brought with that post, right? The information that they shared, what I learned from it. I want them to know that it was valuable enough that I saved it and I want to go back and have that as a part of my catalog, right? Um, and I think LinkedIn would like for them to know as well. And so my prediction is really simple that people um, likes and, and loves and claps and all of those things like that. I prefer those in terms of my own engagement with posts um, versus just a regular like. But there's nothing more that speaks to me that says, man, this person just put out something that, that changed my perspective, how I see things, and I know something different now, and I want them to know it and say to me um, has to come into that equation at some point. And it should count for what we consider true engagement as well, because the, obviously you're having an impact. That Thank would be you fantastic. Very much. Yes, it would. Yeah. And it was Steve's post with crickets in the in the first sentence that got me to do this show today. So impacting, reaching people, resonating, right? If you're, if it's relevant, relevance, great. Resonating to me is a higher level than that. Ashley, we have time for one more prediction. I think you say companies that invest in enabling their sellers to build brands with real actionable help are going to see measurable results. Just take one minute for this, Ashley. What does it mean? I think this ties a lot to what Dewan was saying. I think there's a lot that I personally do that is not logged in my CRM. It's not logged anywhere. They don't know I'm doing those things. And I think eventually it's going to be important enough for companies to actually, yeah, dark social, to be able to create the connection and actually say like, this equals this revenue or this equals this. And I know we, we Steve, we've built out some products that help with um, scaling social efforts, but I think it's going to be like, mm -hmm clear ROI. And it probably will tie into what Dewan is <clears throat> talking about. Excuse me. Thank you very much. Darren, I think we can squeeze in one more. I've got it teed up for you here. Prediction number four, we're going to get the T word in here. We'll continue to do more and more business via social media avenues like LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, etc. Why? Because we can take action quicker and buyers are looking to make quick decisions and do that with as little friction as possible. You have to start now. Darren, one minute. That's all I got. Seriously, go. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that I think about myself being a, a founder of another organization as well. When I want a software, I'm going to do that research myself and be able to go and figure out what that's going to be before I actually engage in an account executive or sales process. And we can get all of that via these avenues. And especially as we look to the younger organization, I think I read something the other day that um, the generation, two generations below me are using TikTok and IG as instead of Google right? And that's where we're going to have to think about, and we're going to have to move forward and we're going to have to be agile. And um, yeah, I've, I've learned this by posting 890 something days in a row here on LinkedIn and, and, and trying to continue to, to do that. So that's my minute. And um, one thing to Ashley's point, I'll, I'll make one more prediction. You're going to yes, see fast. a lot more chief evangelist officers joining organizations because of this key specific piece of the puzzle. 
What are we going to do about the confusion of CEO with chief executive officer and chief evangelist officer? How are we going to do that? Mm -hmm. Interesting. We got to differentiate. So it could be a CEXO, chief executive, and CEVO. It sounds like olive oil. I'm sorry. <laughs> or, we can, or, we can li- or we can live in attention like we do with CPO, chief product, chief people. There we go. And then CP3O, and then we're in Star Wars, and all bets are off. Absolutely. You know I was going to say that, didn't you? Steve, Steve knew that right away. I want to thank you, Steve, again. Thank you for bringing such an engaging and engaged. This is what it's all about, is having people who care about a topic and are engaged, and that way you engage my audience. I want to thank you, Steve Watt. Kudos. Wonderful. Thank you. And thank you for your post that lit the fire under me to do this topic. Dewan Brown, pleasure. Keep rocking the hat. Ashley Coghill, if you ever go back to roller derby, I want to see where you are. And you, you were wonderful on the show today. Thank you for being a woman in tech along with me. I appreciate that very much. Darren McKee, stay wealthy. Everybody stay well. Don't go away yet. We're going to take pictures, but let's do our closing. Gabe, thank you for being our engineer. And let's t- say this. Everybody get ready to wag your finger. Everybody get ready to wag your finger. On the count of three, you're going to join me in no, no, no. People say the future is already here and we say here we go one two three no come on darren no 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 no, because that was yesterday's future and today's future hasn't happened yet oh it just did a second ago and we're going to make it a better one so everybody wave goodbye to linkedin and and don't go away i'm going to send you the link in a minute thank you for joining us for technology revolution the future of now Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now.